if we're just demanding and trying to use our power to coerce people to do things or follow our instructions, first off, that's not true leadership. But it's the same dynamic with the same result that I just described in personal relationships. That's a demand relationship. That dynamic does not work in an employee, employer, staff, or team member leadership setting at all. Hey everybody, welcome to Finding the Upside, the podcast where we talk about business and life and all the messy things in the middle. How to come out on the other side with a lesson to find the upside. I'm Maria De Lorenzis Reyes. Thank you for choosing to join me today. Today's episode continues the series of mini episodes on true leadership. This is the third mini episode in this series, and there'll be two more parts after this. This is a five-part series that I've been doing over the past month. And today, in the third episode, we will be talking about a concept that has to do with leading your team. And it is demand relationships. So let me first off explain this term, demand relationships, and where I heard it. I went to see someone speak, and they were actually talking about this term, demand relationship. But they were talking about it in terms of personal relationships. They have a program that improves your personal relationships, whether that's with your spouse, significant other, your partner, or your child. And they were talking about the concept of how in demand relationships, where we demand things of the other person, how that doesn't work. Because what ends up happening is when we demand something, if there's a demand, then that other person feels trapped. And as soon as they can get some freedom, they're gone. Now, I am oversimplifying this here, but let me try to illustrate what this looks like in terms of a personal relationship. Where a person, whether it's a man or woman, 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 whatever type of relationship it is, a spouse, significant other, where someone holds more power in that dynamic. So, you know, relationships have all types of structures and it's common that one person holds more power over the other. And that person, if that dynamic exists, typically the person who has more power is demanding something and somebody who's more the subservient role, role is following. And it doesn't work because it's not a true partnership. And what ends up happening is that person with less power, as I said, they feel trapped, they feel stuck, they feel stagnant, they feel like they don't have any power. And then when they're able to get or leverage any sense of power, or when they finally had enough, they just go, they leave, or they withdraw. And in that type of dynamic, the relationship is dysfunctional because the person who's less powerful can actually end up behaving in a way that's reacting to the power that's put upon them. Now, that's the same in a parent-child relationship. And I can attest to this for sure that that doesn't necessarily work very well when you're demanding things of your child. Now, listen, of course, don't get me wrong, as a parent, 
with children. There's boundaries that have to be set with kids and all of that. But think about that. If this same dynamic described exists, the minute the child gets the opportunity to be free, they want to go. They want to just escape. So I was thinking about that concept of demand relationships. And I was thinking about this as I was listening to her speak about personal relationships and how really it's the same. In our business, the relationship we have with our team or our staff members. Demand relationships don't work in business or in employment either. If we're just demanding and trying to use our power to coerce people to do things or follow our instructions, first off, that's not true leadership. But it's the same dynamic with the same result that I just described in personal relationships. That's a demand relationship. That dynamic does not work in an employee, employer, staff, or team member leadership setting at all. Now, I've said this before, this bigger concept of creating this environment that supports engagement and empowers your team. I talk about in the, this in the first episode of the True Leadership series, where I talked about building rapport with your team members. In the second episode of that series, I talked about training them because you're investing in them and that investment shows trust and having their interests at heart, an investment in them and an investment in their future. And this concept of making sure we're not implying this demand relationship or power structure that I've just introduced today. So if we're going to follow the first few things that we talked about in the first, second episode, you're definitely going to create an environment, a culture that hit those hits those points. But you really wanna watch out for if you are creating this dysfunction with this dynamic of a demand relationship in your business, in your teams. Now, if you think about the typical work cultures or environments that are common in business today, and it, it really equates to toxic work environments, is where there is a power struggle and coercion and threats and sometimes discipline is used just to get people to do things. And I can promise you, I've seen... A lot of people try this approach and I don't know why. They don't see that what ends up happening when you do that is that people shut down. And people typically then just kind of do what they have to to get by. And the minute that they can escape that, meaning the minute they can leave that job or they can transfer or whatever the case may be, they're gone. They're out the door. They've given their notice. You have lost them. And worse off, sometimes you've lost them before they've even left. And if you've been a business owner or if you've been a leader that has experienced with this, this dynamic, you know what I'm talking about. 
Now, some business owners and leaders say, well, good, I don't want people like that. But I promise you, and the data supports this, that approach costs you way more in your business. Because losing people to have to find new people to train them, rather than switching your approach to understand that, if you've created this dysfunction in your team, that's not going to work. And that's the place to start. By changing your approach to get rid of that dysfunctional power dynamic and get rid of the coercion, get rid of the let me write her up because. That never works. Switching that to an approach of getting the buy-in from that person, figuring out why they're not performing, figuring out what is lacking in their world in order for them to do the work. Is it a lack of training? Do they need more training? Do they lack confidence? And you need to build their confidence. Is it that they don't feel empowered? They just feel micromanaged. Whatever it is, The dysfunction that comes from that approach, that's like the man's relationship. Whatever it is, the dysfunction that comes from that approach, that is what I've described here with demand relationships. So, like I said, when I was thinking about the series of true leadership, I had to include this. And it was when I was listening to the speaker talk about demand relationships, as she was talking about our personal relationships, this light bulb went on. And I thought, God, that is very much the same in our business environments and in leadership. Even though this speaker helps families and partners improve their personal relationships, what she described really applies to our relationship with our team members in a business environment. Now, this is just another angle that I want to underscore, and it's an issue that's really common. And we're going to be delving a little deeper in this into this in the next episode uh, about these toxic work environments and how to avoid them. Because that is what is driving people to leave companies, to resign, to quiet quit. And here's some data. In Benet Brown's Dare to Lead podcast, one of the episodes had on two guests that were referencing this MIT Sloan Management Review. And they talked about the toxic work environment being the number one contributor to employee attrition. And that it is 10 times more important to address that toxic work culture than compensation in terms of predicting what your future turnover would be. Now, with 30 years in leadership, I can attest to this, but it baffles me how it has escaped so many leaders, business owners, companies, executives, and leadership teams. It's like we keep doing this thing that doesn't work and expecting a different result. Somebody will leave when there's that dysfunction in the environment. And typically a toxic work culture is from the lack of rapport, 
the lack of trust, the lack of investment in the team members, the overabuse of power and coercion. Typically, that's why that toxic culture exists. Now, all of these things contribute to toxic work environments, and there are other things as well. I don't want to undercut that. Like, yes, yes, the lack of diversity or favoritism or issues of bias that haven't been addressed or unequal treatment, lack of equity, all those things contribute to a toxic work culture. And we have to go there if we want to figure out how to create a thriving, engaged team and work environment. We've got to go there as business owners and as leaders. We have got to cut through this noise that is out there these days that tell us not to look at these things. So my best advice in thinking about this and how to address this is think about your style of leadership. What are you truly, truly creating? And here's the really tricky part for business owners. If you conceptually agree with what I'm saying, you have to check yourself because many times what we think we're doing and what we've created is something completely different. There are many people who are in denial about that as business owners and leaders. So we've got to check that. That's an important part of leadership is holding that mirror up to ourselves and facing reality of what exists in our company rather than what we think exists. And here's the second part of this. You've got to make sure if you agree with these concepts and you've checked yourself, you have to make sure that that is played out through the guiding principles and values of your work culture that your leaders underneath you are practicing and applying. Threading this throughout your organization, the way they interact with their team members. Because here's the thing, great principles at the top that aren't implemented throughout the company structure are going to do nothing for the outcome of the work environment. And therefore, the success of your business, the success of your customer experience, your team's experience. All these things that many business owners are finding challenging and are happening right now. Honestly, these things have been happening for a long time, but nobody wanted to admit that. And nobody wanted to admit it and look to these as a reason of why they were not able to recruit and retain good people. Again, referencing that Sloan Management Review, that MIT Sloan Management Review, we've got to go there. Companies and their leaders have to go there and not buy into this noise that you can't find good people. There are great, great people out there, workers out there. And addressing this is the key to being able to create the environment that's going to attract them and keep them with you finding the results that you want in a mutually beneficial relationship. 
There's one other perspective I want to share to illustrate this, and it's really very similar, what I've described here, that happens in the education system many times. Now, you know, you there are teachers that do a really good job at meeting the student where they are, figuring out how to adapt to their style so that that individual student gets what they need in the classroom and therefore stays engaged in the work and can perform rather than applying a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter approach, which results only in a lack of engagement and disconnection from the schoolwork from that student because they don't feel heard, they don't feel supported, and they end up shutting down. I've seen that quite a bit. Now, I want to honor teachers who do a really good job at this at meeting the student where they are and adapting their style to, to give the student what they need so they can perform. But I will say this, sometimes it's administration and education that doesn't encourage that. And then that impacts the efforts of those teachers. And the same kind of thing happens where the owner at the top in a business, the leader, might have these ideals and principles that aren't being carried through. And sometimes, not only in education, as I'm referencing here, but also in business, it's leadership that kind of ruins that because that is not what's being rewarded. If we would support and reward educators and workers, leaders that are doing that, that are adapting and meeting the employee or the student where they are, then we would see a way different result. So that similarity we draw here, the same thing can exist with your teams. That you can either shut down your worker, just like you shut down, the, the teacher will shut down the student, or you can empower them and engage them. Through that empowerment, you will get the engagement you're seeking really want you to be able to think about that and apply that example to how that relates to what happens in organizations where we see this dysfunction. Many times you can draw a lot of similarities to things that in leadership are really so similar to other things in life. And being able to create an environment where people feel supported and cared for and removes all this toxicity and this demand and coercion and power is one that will by far be so much more positive for the outcome in business you are seeking as a leader, as an executive, as a business owner. So that's all for today. Stay tuned for the next mini episode in the True Leadership Series coming soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll share it with someone else, whether they are a business owner, an executive, someone who's leading teams, or anyone who has interest in this content. I appreciate you sharing it with others and also leaving a review, as well as putting in the comments or contacting me to share how this topic resonates with you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Finding the Upside.